You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. We can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Today I'll be reading Pacific Flirtfish by Lizzie Nimbus. The rating for this fic is teen and up. The pertinent tags for this fic include Mer AU, Mer Dean, Marine Biologist Castiel, Destiel Crack, Cheesetastic, Just a Bunch of Flirting While They Try to Get Work Done, Mild Sexual Content, Making Out, Sand Everywhere. Pacific Flirtfish, written by Lizzie Nimbus, read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein. Summary, Castiel is a marine biologist who is extremely diligent in his work. The loud-mouthed merman he studies is not. Reader's note, please make sure you go to AO3 and check out the awesome artwork that's attached to the original story. I'm not calling you that, Cass grits, pushing up his glasses. He's pretty sure he's got sand in his socks, and in other places he'd rather not acknowledge. He's starving, and though the sun is finally melting its way beneath the horizon, he can feel the telltale sting of a nasty burn pulling at his cheeks. Despite this, there's nowhere else he'd rather be, even while it is imperative that he maintain some semblance of professionalism about it. The merman lounging to his right, however, seems to pride himself on making that as difficult as possible. Aw, come on, Cass. Gunfish is perfect gnomes and clutter. Nomenclature, Dean, Cass corrects, scribbling something into the margins of his worn notebook. I'm pretty sure you knew that. Whatever, you just don't get real comedy. Point is... Do you even know how hard it is to maintain these babies with the hydrodynamics of the sea? Dean purrs from his back, flexing his, okay, admittedly buff arms. This is the routine whenever Cass finds him lounging on the shore, his viridescent tail glittering beautifully against the pale honey sand. He's all perfectly quaffed laziness and overt flirtation, neither of which Cass is particularly used to. Of course, he'd be lying to himself if he said he didn't enjoy it. 
It isn't like his research had ever lent himself much to companionship, though well-respected he may be in his field. As such, Dean has been an extraordinary balm over the past few months. Cass allows a tiny, fond smile as the merman gloats. Sure, I obviously have amazing core strength because of the swimming, but arms? Let me tell you, it's only when I found some old cannons from that shipwreck to lift that I really... You found a shipwreck? Around here? Cass pipes up, eagerly peering up from the rumpled pages. Yeah, man, there are tons. Dean confirms in a sulk. Figures you'd only pay attention to me when I'm talking about rotten old boat carcasses. Cass sighs. My minor was in marine archaeology. Rotten old boat carcasses happen to be an interest of mine, he reminds him, along with stubborn subjects who refuse to take my taxonomy attempts seriously. Subjects, huh? Dean huffs in offense. Wow. I see how it is. Dean, come on. The merman ignores him, picking at his claws while a dramatic pout crowns his bowed lips. Cass finally relents and puts his notes down. They've done hours of work today anyway, and while it's primordial to him that Dean, as an ambassador for his kind, agrees with what the scientific community of landlubbers are going to officially call his recently surfaced species, perhaps that's a battle for another day. International environmental bombshells aside, Dean's sort of old news around here anyway. The media maelstrom blew itself out a few weeks ago, leaving only an explosion of merchandise to line every gift shop window in its wake. Consequently, the shoreline and surrounding waters are protected. Dean's got a burly action figure of himself and the paparazzi have finally gotten bored, save a few camera-happy tourists for whom the merman is all too happy to flex. Cass has done his job, and they've got time. Besides, more pressingly, Cass has come to find in their months working together that the merman can be rather sensitive. Dean. Nah, it's fine. I get it, two legs. He mopes, his glimmering green tail whipping against the sand in irritation. Priorities and all. Castiel can't help the adoring roll of his eyes, even while he pretends to adjust his glasses. Dean, do you really think I'd drop everything and rush over and unbeach just anyone a dozen times over the past season if they weren't a priority to me? Dean clears his throat. Dunno. Maybe if they're as good-looking as me. Impossible. Cass declares with a chuckle. And stop. You know you're incredibly important to me. And not just for, you know. He waves his pencil stub demonstratively. Yeah? Dean grins up at him expectantly. Cass stares back, unwavering. Of course. Cass catches himself before things get decidedly unprofessional. But Dean is a keen predator and has already seized his opportunity. Before Cass can stop him, the merman's claws have hooked themselves into his front pockets and pulled until his butt meets sand. He valiantly carries on despite this new vantage and despite how Dean watches him with that familiar twinkle of appetite. I'm sorry I'm so insistent on the research, Dean. I'm grateful to you for every minute you spend going over the specifics with me. It's just, I want to do everything I can to ensure your safety and inclusion now that you've revealed yourself to the world. Guess it's a good thing I like you, then. B. 
because the world can kiss my scaly ass. Cass pauses and looks over at the merman, who's staring right back from the fathomless depths of his sage eyes. He makes some sort of questioning sound, he thinks, but he can't be sure. Ain't like I'm doing all this sciency freak show shit for anyone else. Cass swallows hard, remembers to breathe. My brother still thinks I'm one mackerel short of a shoal for talking to you, but I mean, decades of hiding from gill nets and oil spills, and suddenly there's some nerdy little guy rebuilding reefs in my hood all by himself? That's dedication. Or complete insanity. I sort of had to say hello. Dean muses. Despite his valiant efforts, the last brick of professionalism crumbles along with Dean's words, and Cass finds himself honest to God blushing like a schoolboy. He remembers the moment they met all too well. That tends to happen when one almost drowns from shock. When a curious face had casually popped up, sans equipment, over the corals he'd been steadfastly repopulating. If he recalls correctly through the near aneurysm, Dean had greeted him with a casual, Hey buddy, or some such. He's been insisting on periodically hurling himself onto the local sand like so much flotsam to say hi to Dr. Hotnerd ever since. Cass is trying to collect himself while the merman flops onto his belly and scooches himself closer with the help of those aforementioned guns of his. He does it with all the grace of an elephant seal, but it nevertheless confirms Cass's suspicions that Dean never really needed any help from his purported beachings in the first place. He would call him out on that, but Dean's so close that Cass can see the delicate gills on his neck working and feels the faint whoosh of air as the merman exhales mesmerizing. Guess I think you're kind of awesome is what I'm saying. Cass nearly chokes, feeling his heart thud in approval. He can't help but move a little closer. Dean is surprisingly warm for a sea creature, a fact that's confirmed triple-fold when Dean hoists himself up with a steadying grip to Cass's thigh. The sinewy silk of his tail insinuates itself between his legs and Cass can feel the heat even through his cargo shorts. They're useful, okay? While Dean looms over him with frisky glee. He's used to Dean's total disregard for physical space by now, but even so, his proximity thrills him more than he could ever admit. An inch would see him kissing the cheeky grin right off Dean's face, but he's determined not to lose the standoff. I noticed. Cass manages with a raised eyebrow. And the feeling is mutual. Dean's responding smile is gentle and warm, washing over him like the tide. Just like always, Cass wants to slowly run his thumb along it before tasting it. Wants to catalog the faint shimmer of scales peppering Dean's temple with his lips. Wants to kiss away the salt from his brow. He wants and wants and wants around Dean, more than he has in his entire life. And he's tried to refrain it's hard, though, because their meetings always end up here somehow, and Cass is always left wondering where the lines are when it comes to overwhelming interspecies chemistry. After all, scientific discovery aside, Dean is sharp and funny and kind and breathtakingly beautiful. I've read many legends about sirens, you know, Cass mumbles, unable to tear his gaze from the peridot eyes considering him. That's so? Let me tell you, Ariel's overrated. Kind of a Rosemary Kennedy situation, honestly. 
Dean leans in and possibly closer as he talks, like Cass is the only person on the planet in the entire universe. Though he's a creature of the deep, Dean is sunshine personified, and when his brilliance is entirely aimed at Cass, it's overwhelming. Yes, well, Cass continues, there are many stories about how they, how they mercilessly lure men to the ocean with their beauty and their songs, only to devour them at the bottom of the sea. The merman erupts into bright, hearty laughter, pressing his forehead into Castiel's shoulder as it rings through him. Cass, I got better things to do than croon the oldies until it's raining bloaters. Dean jokes, a knowing glint in his eye. He nuzzles at Cass's neck now and whispers into the tender flesh beneath his ear. But you are pretty delicious. Maybe I'd sing for you if you asked me real nicely. Cass shivers and squeezes Dean's forearm. I just still have trouble believing you're real. That this isn't some cruel dream I'll wake up from. He marvels quietly. The mer pulls back enough to launch him a coy grin. Aww, Dean teases and Cass flicks him on the shoulder. Well, if anything, Dean hums against him, brushing his claws delicately over Cass's skin. My kind is just very enthusiastic about treasure. We see something we like, we go for it, and we don't tend to share. You get me? Cass's heart hammers loud and frantically as he nods, while Dean carefully removes his glasses and places them on the sand. I get that you're incorrigible, Cass chastises softly, though he brushes the back of his fingers against Dean's cheek, unable to help himself any longer. Dean melts into the small gesture, turning his head to give Cass more leeway as he sighs in appreciation. A moment later, there are adoring lips planting small kisses on his palm. I prefer eager, Dean corrects between pecks. So do I, Cass confirms. The burn Cass feels on his own features has little to do with the sun at this point, though it does make him notice that it's been some time already since it retired for the day. Stars are poking through the navy veil above, and Dean follows Cass's gaze skywards for a moment of contemplation. Those are pretty from up here, I gotta say. That's the one thing you share in common. Dean's answering grin is wide and genuine, and it's more than Cass could have ever hoped for on land or at sea. Science be damned, he lets himself flop backwards onto the sand with Dean in tow, and curls into the merman with a satisfied sigh. Dean follows him easily, twisting his tail around Cass's legs. He wastes no time making himself at home atop Cass's chest, nosing at his neck with affection and planting sumptuously soft kisses along his jaw. Cass feels them all like tiny tremors electrifying his skin as the day's trials are washed away. About time, you sap, is Dean's victory cry. All work and no play still makes you pretty hot but I've been waiting for hours for you to unclench a little. Cass gently lets his fingers comb through Dean's salt-starched hair and watches him in quiet awe. Yes, you've been remarkably patient. Cass grins. I appreciate it. Dean stretches back into the kneading fingers, reminding Cass of a contented cat, and groans his delight. Mmm, I'll bet. Is all he manages on a lengthy sigh. I don't understand how I got so lucky. Cass wonders dreamily. His hands stroke downwards across Dean's shoulders and back, 
over the smooth arch of his backside and gently back up again. You haven't yet, Dean points out with a wolfish grin. But I'm willing to correct that, for science. He emphasizes his oath with a tiny but tantalizing thrust of his scaly hips. For science, Castiel agrees huskily. Yeah, science. All anatomically correct and shit. Dean mutters on an exhale as he descends. When their mouths meet, it's as heated and hungry as always. I'm going to call you the Pacific Flirtfish, Cass breathlessly decides as his fingers tug through Dean's hair. Then you'll be sorry we didn't work harder. Are you kidding me? Dean chuckles with delight. I'll have a plaque made. Cass laughs as they trade kisses, and he finds he is suddenly quite delighted at all the sand in terrible places. The end. Thank you so much for listening. along with stubborn subjects who refused to take my tech along with stubborn subject <laughs> along with stubborn subjects who refused to take my damn it along with stubborn subjects who refused to take my taxonomy <laughs> taxonomy along with stubborn subjects who refused to take my taxonomy attempts seriously oh. Along with stubborn subjects who refuse to take my taxonomy attempts seriously. Cass has come to find their mouths working together. Oh, <laughs> months, not mouth. Cass has come. <laughs> Ooh, okay, here we go. Cover your eyes so you don't know the secret
Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for listening.